Tag, mein Freund, und willkommen Sie zu The Triforce Podcast mit mir, Herr Oberleutnant von Flax und Obergruppenführer Sips. Say hallo! Hallo! Und our Führer und Master Louis Brindley, say guten Tag! Heil! Guten Tag! See, that's what I think. I think having played Hearts of Iron with you that much, I think secretly you'd love it if, if, uh, if we were living as Nazis just day to day. Jawohl, mein Freund. Yes. What evil plans will we decide to do today? Which which countries will we uh, eye up in terms of conquering and giving us Lebensraum for the German <laughs> Why is Lebensraum a funny word? It's, it was like, like the, it like was the it. policy for killing a bunch of people, but it was, I don't know, it just sounds like a funny word. It sounds like a sauce. Could I get some Lebensraum on the side, please? Oh. <laughs> We're out of Lebensraum. <laughs> Can you go heavy table. on the Lebensraum, please? Yeah. I'm, I, 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 I really, love that. really I love, love Lebensraum. Isn't it? So, so, so it's like supposed to be living room for it, the. It, it's for like the, elbow room. The German nobility. I think it literally yeah. means elbow room. Which, if you had a jar, if you had a bowl of Lebensraum sauce on the table, ugh, I have put my Leben in the Lebensraum. Whoops! <laughs> I tell you what, I could, I could have done with some Lebensraum when we went out for an Indian this weekend oh, yeah. because we were crammed in like sardines on this table. You know, you could. You were. We, it was one of these, these times where you couldn't decide whether to lean back in your chair to right. get you know your arms out that way, or lean forwards and hunched over because oh. it was that close. You know, so it was also like everyone had to had to make a decision on that. Um, <clears throat> I see. And I, I, you know, imagine if you were bigger. Like I'm quite a little puny kind of. You know, I was. I'm a little gnome fellow. So I was. You know, <laughs> luckier than most. I, I would say that you're more like the stick man from Bugs Life rather than a gnome. <laughs> Gnome fellow, <laughs> right. played by Niles Crane it, from the show Fraser. But, but yeah, you you do have sort of Niles Crane tendencies as well. Actually, it turns out. I mean, so. Duckham was sitting opposite me, yeah. and uh, the person who was sat next to him, I think, didn't turn up or left or something. So he had two two spaces to himself. Okay, yeah, and he obviously just moved one chair out, sat in the middle, and he looked like he had a normal seating environment. You know, yeah. he looked like it had a normal position. Um, I, that's 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 to give you a clue just how you know uncomfortable it must have I been. I feel like I, I feel like that's a really authentic experience, though, because like from what I know of India, I've never been to India, but it's a very crowded place. You know, like you <laughs> see, much you see documentaries about <laughs> you know like uh, the trains in that country, <laughs> and there's people like on the roof of the train and hanging out the windows and stuff. And like, there's a billion people seems, in India, right? It's I know. It just seems like it's a ram-packed country, yeah. and everywhere that you could possibly ever go in India. You probably don't have a lot of personal space. There's probably somebody up in your space all the time, like yep. shoved up next to you or smushed up behind you or something. Yeah, like, fun think, fun yeah. fact about India, they have a billion people, but the whole of the Indian subcontinent is only the size of the Isle of Wight. It's wow. just the, the Mercator projection that we use for our maps makes it look huge, but it's not. It's just as, right. it's the size of the Isle of Wight, believe it or not. And Greenland yeah. is actually, you know, absolutely massive. It's huge. It's, yeah. um, it's the size of the... 90% of, you know, they say 70% of the earth is water, only on that map. It's actually 20%, mm. which is why we've got so many problems with, with uh, plastic in the oceans. It's only three plastic bags that's filled up the whole sea. Yeah. It's just that small. I got, I, I don't know about you guys, but like, I went to a store one time and I, I bought something and I bought a couple of things, okay? like <laughs> Wow. Yeah, as you do. So I go to the store, I buy a couple Please of things. Please do go on. Yeah, well, I'm just getting to the interesting part. I buy a couple of things, you know. I got bought some lube, 
couple of dildos. Oh, and I would get you know, s- some Johnnies and stuff. And this was um, <laughs> Tesco's, I guess. Or no, it, it was. It was like the um, it was like the pharmacy the section. equivalent. Yeah, yeah. So, so I get up to the cash register, and there's this guy. He's working the cash. He seems like a pretty nice guy. He puts my stuff through, and he's like, "You gonna need a bag for this?" And I was like, "Yeah." Please, I'll, I'll always take a bag. I don't want to be that guy that has just like a mountain of stuff like in his arms, fumbling around and dropping shit and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'll take a bag. And he's like, you know, these are really bad for the environment. It's like, fuck you. I don't, I don't need a fucking lecture right now, okay? Just put my shit in the bag that I fucking paid for and let me get on with my life, okay? Just find somebody else who gives a fuck about this stuff because it ain't me, all right? <laughs> I didn't say this to him, but I felt like saying it to him because I, I just think that, you know, stores have started charging now for bags, right? And yeah. it's like five, mm. five P for a bag, or you can like upsize or supersize to the 10 P bag, which yeah. is like a bag for life or whatever. And it's just a bigger bag that is just as bad as the small bag, but no, it's, it's a little bit bigger. The, the bigger bag is like a, twice a, as thick, pet, I'd wager. A pet is not just for Christmas, it's for life. Yeah. yeah. That's what a bag for life reminds you of. A bag is not just for shopping. It would, you know, it would be for better life. for the environment if we were just grabbing a pet to, to carry our goods home from. At least they decompose. Yeah. Right. Like a kangaroo. With a pouch. Well, the problem is, is that, you know, they say, oh, you know, keep this bag for life. Reuse this bag for life and stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I will reuse this bag for life. But actually, sometimes I forget to bring my bags for life with me everywhere I go. So I end up accumulating more bags for life. And now I literally have a closet in my house. It's just filled with these fucking bags for life. And I, I can't get rid of them. I feel bad for throwing them away. I had to, like, pay 10 pence for each one. But I have thousands of them now, and they're, they're really my, bad the, for the my, environment. The trunk well. of my car is filled with these things. There's a cupboard in my house just filled with these things, and we accumulate more and more and more. And it, it just seems like I feel like the old way of just giving us bags and us just chucking the bags away was better somehow than <laughs> accumulating a billion bags for life that I never right. seem to remember to take oh. with me or whatever. You know, like sometimes you go to the grocery store and you see, you, you see that you see like an old lady who just has like all the time in the world to have like one of those fucking thatch bags with a couple of other bags in it. And she's all super organized. Some people like bring boxes with them and stuff. Fuck me. Like I never take bags with me when I go to the store. Like I, I, do. I don't have time for that shit. What do you mean time? Well, I don't. So when you get home, what do you do with the bag? I put them in the in the cupboard with the rest of the bags so when that you, we have. So when you leave the house, God knows what to go shopping. You don't think I'll take a bag with me? I do. Well, no, I don't think to take bag with me because we leave a whole bunch in the trunk of the car. And but when we get to the store, I always forget to get them out of the trunk of the car. Yeah. So we go You're in the store and buy all that shit. You're not selling well, it to me. You're on the side of wrong here, my friend. Sips is just an, an ordinary, forgetful dad who's have to deal with all the crap normally. And you know, well, you the, get the, the kids store. are like screaming. I've just listened to like the Moana soundtrack fifty times in a <laughs> row. The fifth like, time. How am yeah. I supposed to remember to get these bags and and take them into the store with me? Like, I think that's a. I mean, maybe because your kids are older, Flax, you have no, a bit dude. more time to think about I've this stuff. Done or whatever. It. I've always done it. All right, listen, listen up, P-Flex. Well, maybe you're a woman. <laughs> Even if you forget, like, one in one in three times, okay, right. you're still going to end up with a surplus of bags, right? Over the course of a couple of years, you're going to end up with a cupboard full of bags. What do you do with those bags, You're a bag. You're a bag. Do you feel, do you're you feel bad? You're a flappy bag making, making hot air. Some dolphin is out there in the ocean, plenty of leavens around, 
right? Yeah. Until, oh, oh, it's like, this, this is the dolphin noise. Okay. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, it's and more then, like a... That's a seal. They go... It's not fucking Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> well, blow me down. Oh, is that a dolphin? <laughs> He's getting fucking Tesco's bag for life stuck on his face just because you, you know, forgot to... I don't to... chuck my bags in the sea, Lewis. No, I, I, well, I honestly, I don't either. You might, you, you might as well be <laughs> doing Whoa! that. Uh, I'm I'm the one saying I get it. I bring a bag. You're holding a bag over a dolphin top on my dolphin's <laughs> I, face. The thing is, you guys don't though. You're lying. You guys I'm don't take lying. bags because you lying. get shit delivered to your fucking houses in yeah, the UK. Yeah, and do you know what? You give those bags back to the Ocado guy. I thought that they just turned up in a fucking crate and you just unpacked the shit and gave the crates. No, they give back. you the bags. Surely that say, would be a better system. And they say any bags to return, and you say yes, and you get the bags you had last time. You give them to them. They use them again. I mean, it is in crates, but it's also bags. In I mean, crates. I would. That that sounds fine to me. I would remember to do my bags yeah, yeah. in that case. But I don't have fucking home delivery over here. I still have to manually go to the store oh, like manual. a normal person Ugh. and talk to people Ugh. and deal with the public and fucking do and my shopping your and stuff. in public. Yeah, that's right. I know. It sucks. It's fine. I think I just use them as bin bags and there you go. Job done. Yeah, I, I tend to do that solved. too. That's an expensive bin bag though. Well, I don't buy the 10p ones. I've never spent more than 5p on a, on a bag. <laughs> Oh, good for you. I got some news for you guys. I got some news. I got. Do you want to hear my news? Yeah, yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's it's bad news. Bad news. We've already had that. No, no. We've got some bad news to go with oh, the bad like how news. bad are we yeah. talking? It's pretty bad. Because I'm starting to regret someone agreeing no, to it's, listening it's, to this now. It's worse than that. Okay. What happened is... Did somebody leave a negative comment on your YouTube video? No, it's even worse than that somehow. Oh, shit. Okay. This is going to have a far more lasting impact on my day-to-day -day life. Right. right. Oh, God. Uh, effective today? Effective immediately. All right. I, oh, I found God. out last night. So okay. my favorite vape flavor is custard. Right. And I need it in the six milligram from Digby's vape juices, okay? <clears throat> I go into the website last night because I'm running a little low. Uh -huh. And what do I find? There's a sale. On my brand. They've never had a sale in the years I've been buying from them on that brand. And I know my heart sinks and I think there's only one reason that you do that. It's a discontinuing this line sale and they want to shift it all. So I quickly right. think I'll buy all the six milligram uh, nicotine level uh, custard that they've got and they're out. Some fuckers bought them all. They're sold out. So I've had to expand and I've had to go into a new vape company and buy a whole bunch of flavors I've never had before. Right. Just I've just potluck. Like I have no idea what is going to be good. I'm trying to find my new everyday brand and I've had to go with a whole bunch of, of people here. I mean, it's all, you know, the bottles are different colors and sizes and shapes. I don't, some of them don't even have the flavor written on them. I've no idea what I'm doing. I'm basically blind, stumbling around in the dark here. turned up today? It just yeah. arrived. It's a huge bag. I bought a lot more than I, than I thought. I mean, here you go. This is exactly how you know you're a fucking old, right? It's that, you know, you get, you get scared about change. Change? You know, you're like, oh, yeah. oh God, what, a, what am I going to do? Hey, what kind uh, of plastic uh, bag did it come in? Was it a bag for life? Or it's a what? big fucking, it's a dolphin killer of a plastic Anyone bag. Anyone else, PFLAX, would be fucking giddy with excitement about the opportunity to test and enjoy no. a whole new selection. But no, you... I know what's coming. Old fucking granddad PFLAX Did you get here. some fruity flavors? I got all kinds of fruity flavors. I nice. got, let me just check, because they sent me an invoice. Did you know. get Tootie Fruity? 
the flavor? Let's have a look. Did here. you just were, were you just sort of in a real real mess in your head right now? You're thinking, oh my god, what am I going to have to do? I can't, I can't. I didn't you know just what ordered to do. Everything in a panic. Yeah, I just bought like a hundred hundred quids worth of different vape juices. Just like, oh just bingo. Did get you him, swear out here. loud when you got to the website and you realized I what tweeted was happening? Him, I tweeted at him, what the fuck are you doing? Please don't tell me you're discontinuing this flavor. They never responded. So, Oh, my God. Did you phone me. their customer service line? No, Do you I want didn't. to phone them now? No, they don't have a customer service line. Oh, they're too sure. wise. So I've got a, a sort of a, a certain surplus left over, and then I've got these, these new ones. And then I, that's it. My life has changed forever. Gone are the days of, of customer. Well, that, so, that, so, your, so your normal brand has become a rarity. Yeah. And it's kind of like a fine wine. You yeah. know, you want to bust those out for special occasions now. So yeah. you're you're now on special occasion rationing. Yeah. I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, eight of them left. Listen. All right. Are you going to take last... one to PDXCon just to like... I think I might just a as a goodbye. Occasion? Yeah. Just yeah. stand by a river at night, stare out longingly in Sweden and just be like, it's good knowing you custard flavor vape. I mean, someone will tell me, oh, they do other custards. If you've been married to a beautiful woman for a very long time, as I have, yeah, and she then leaves you, you don't think, well, we had some good times. You're devastated. And if you've <laughs> inhaled delicious custard for two and a half years, and when that day ends, it's hard to look back at the good times without thinking about the bad times to come. You think, well, I mean, come on. I think you should be excited about the future, Flex, because, you know, who knows? You might find something that's way better than custard. I know it's hard to believe right now, but you might find something. You might find, like, chocolate twisty tutti frutti or something like that, and it might blow your dick off. You're right. And you might just think, wow, where's this been all my life? I wasted all this time on custard. smoking it up your ass. You could have been getting, yeah, you could have been getting fucking, yeah, shotguns up your ass. Why don't you put it up your bum? (laughs) (laughs) It's almost too clever for this podcast. Let's bring it down a notch from that level of cerebral sort of insight. Put it up your bum. So we're gonna get some live. Are we gonna get some live taste tests? No, T-flex. no. I'm gonna wait. Come until on, I've, I wanna, I've I got wanna, a tank of live... valuable custard juice here, Lewis. I'm not gonna throw it away just hey, to entertain you. Hey, on the you. topic of taste test, you know, like there's always these shows where it's like we could save you lots of money on your average weekly shop by right, right. by cutting out the big brands and going for like the you know the the, the cheaper brands and stuff. And I bet you can't tell the difference between this shampoo that you normally use and the 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 discount shampoo and then you know they use the shampoo and they're like this is definitely not my shampoo i can tell my hair feels (laughs) disgusting it's all dry it's knotted this never happens when i use my own shampoo and then the the big reveal at the end is always like you were using the welfare shampoo what i can't believe it i can save three pounds a year by buying this shampoo instead my hair only feels gritty and if it has snot in it did you (laughs) did you guys do you guys feel like you could pass one of those tests? Because I feel like I, I, I feel like I'm above it, right? I feel like I, I've, I'm like, I know like the kind of ketchup that I like and I would be able to tell the difference and stuff. But sometimes I doubt myself and I think maybe I couldn't tell the fucking How difference between... How set in your ways are you with stuff? Obviously, Perian, this is a great example of Perian being very set in his custard vapors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, well, I mean... But, but how, how do you... Do you have a very fixed kind of choice of 
everything else, like bread and milk and no, like the staple no, things. No, no, I mean over here, like... there's only one one brand of milk, so that that one's done anyway. You wouldn't, you know, unless I was going to go for like soy milk or whatever, which I, I never would. I, I like normal milk, so that's fine. But like, there's, there's there's just a couple of things. I'm not overly particular, but there are a few things that like I'll not go out of my way or like really be overly insistent, but. I'll, I'll I'll grab it for before sort of there, thing. There, you know, there like, are definitely certain brands I'm way so too there's, attached there's, to. So there's three things to. off the top of my head, definitely. Okay. Yeah. And so the, my top three is Heinz ketchup. I'll always grab Heinz ketchup before any other ketchup. I don't know if it's because that's all we had, like when I was a kid or something, or if it's like a taste thing or whatever. But if I see Heinz ketchup, I'm just like, yeah, just give me Heinz ketchup. Same with Heinz baked beans. Okay. Like I. I you know, there's all these other brands of baked beans, like the co-op brand baked beans and like Tesco and, and whatever. I see what you mean. And stuff. But like, if I see Heinz, I'll just be like, oh yeah, Heinz are better. I'll, I'll grab them. And the other one is Special K. Like, like the actual Kellogg's brand Special K, I will get over some other brand of, you know, the exact same cereal that's not right. called Special K. Like rice and wheat puffs or whatever they're up. called. From your ketchup slumber, sir. Okay. For the longest time, and this is, I'm not sponsored by these people, but I wish I was because they are doing God's work in terms of ketchup. I've never been a massive ketchup fan until, until I tried all gold tomato sauce or tomati sauce as it's lifted on. It's a South African tomato sauce. You can get it in this country. It is fucking amazing. You ask a South African what ketchup is and they'll tell you, it's all gold, all gold ketchup. It is the best. It is incredible. I can only recommend right. it. And it will knock your love of Heinz ketchup off the planet. You won't care about it the anymore. The thing is, though, is that I don't know if I actually love Heinz ketchup, though. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I, right, I think... but I'm saying if you try this, you'll actually be attached to this brand. Like, for instance, Yorkshire Gold Tea. That's the only tea I really enjoy. Other tea is like oh. nowhere near as good. It's got to be Yorkshire Gold, okay? It's got to be. Not just the plain Yorkshire... It's got to be the gold blend. I mean, Yorkshire these tea. brands, okay, the thing about these brands is that they are extremely consistent, okay? They make them in absolutely billions of bottles for 40, 40 years, and they have to keep them tasting exactly the same. Every bottle yep. has to taste exactly Hellman's the same. That's mayonnaise. actually extremely difficult to do, but you are very, it becomes very, very familiar. These brands, Coke and things, are so iconic they're so yeah. kind of nothing they're, else they're tastes kind of like so coke. trapped in your psyche yeah. like, coke is the one like I, I i even did like the coke and pepsi challenge and i passed with flying colors like yeah. i i i can tell a coke put that on your resume you know we had like rc cola in in north america and that actually tasted like urine and then pepsi is tastes like a watered down coke to me yeah like it tastes like a bit more syrupy or something i don't know what yeah, it is it's, it's a but like coke, coke i can always yeah. tell for some reason it's like i don't know what they what they do to it maybe that's like cause for concern what it's do they actually recipe. do to it's it it's a secret recipe yeah. Yeah. that secret recipe is it's just too good fuck me i don't know what's in it but but yeah, I feel like maybe I'm a bit brainwashed some somehow, like about the whole ketchup thing. Like You're doing with, great. With, with certain brands, like they're just like go to things. But you know what I mean? Like at the same time, it's just ketchup. I mean, I grew up in North America, so I fucking put ketchup on everything, like absolutely everything. Right. I, I like it a lot. But like, I'm exactly the same. I mean, my my parents, my mum could put ketchup on everything. I I I put ketchup on everything. Used to do, you know exactly the same. I had smart ketchup. 
And we always used to have the same sort of breakfast cereal every every morning. We wouldn't have special K because it's just I think it's just got too much sugar in. Um, it's it's one of these things that they can't call healthy. They call it um, something like you know help feed your lifestyle or nourish your yeah. self or something like that. It's, it's not they're not allowed to call it healthy because it isn't. Um, it's not a healthy cereal. And most breakfast, most breakfast cereals, most yogurts, most things aren't allowed to be called healthy because they have too much sugar in as well. Yeah. Um, and as with as with other things too, I'm I'm pretty sure like ketchup has a lot of sugar in it too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I'm the same. These brands they stay with you for your whole life, and they are. It's it's a little bit like um, there's an investing thing, and it's like you know investing in brands like Coke and Heinz things because they'll never go away. They're so integral to you know even if there's kind of a, a breakdown in society people people will still be like i'm not eating that fucking off-brand human made uh you know baked beans it has to be heinz only <laughs> heinz in the Man, apocalypse the fucking process for making baked beans is crazy you should see have you ever seen a baked bean factory before like no, they're nuts i would love to oh my god like it's actually worth looking up it's it's like a it's like a marvel of like engineering and automation and and everything else it's nuts the the shit that they do to those beans and the amount isn't of beans like, that um, they process wow isn't beans on toast like one of the big things in new zealand or something isn't it like their main kind of i read something about <laughs> it's that. It's the, their staple diet it's the yeah, staple. Yeah, yeah. I, I might some be countries like rice other countries maybe they like pasta our country beans on toast I, um, I, that could be like an english thing as well i think you know what my kid my, one of my kids asked me the other day for some reason she was looking at an atlas and on the atlas is marked pitcairn island right have you guys heard oh God. you've heard of pitcairn island oh yeah yeah so yeah. she was like what's the story behind pitcairn island and when i tried to explain to her about the mutiny on the bounty which is like one of my favorite stories i love that story um i read a really good book about it um and it's, it's, I mean, the, I thought the movie Bounty, you know, with, with uh, Anthony Hopkins and Danny Day-Lewis, yeah. brilliant, brilliant movie. The Chocolate Bar, not so much. Oh, it's I love forgotten. a Bounty. You kidding? Bottom of the celebrations oh, package. Oh man, I love a Bounty. Just Bounties left. Yeah, they're so good. Anyway, I was trying to explain to her how the world used to be like the people would just go off in a boat to go and do a thing or explore a place and that we didn't really couldn't really keep track of people the way we can now. You know, these guys would leave their families behind for like years and years at a time just to go off and stuff. And they, they just couldn't comprehend it. It wasn't even that long ago. It was like 200 odd years ago that we were living like this completely different life. And now here we are arguing about which is the best brand of ketchup that we're attached to. And I think yeah. what, a, what a world of progress <laughs> that is. That now we can it's feel attachment a... <laughs> to mayonnaise or wonder at the manufacture of baked beans. And I just think, I know. What, a, what a brave new world. It's the pyramid of needs, though, right? Yeah. We have everything. So now that we've got everything, we complain about really, really dumb, mediocre shit. Like, like the size we, of a bag of minstrels. <laughs> yeah, like we're constantly fed. We, you know, we, we never, we're, we're never like going hungry. We have like all the, all the electricity and heating that we need. Like all the, all the basics are covered, right? Yeah. In, in abundance. We're very comfortable. We have all these machines that can do shit for us now as well. And so, yeah, so that's what happens then. Like It's, it's like, the, do, do you remember that Star Wars character, uh, Ensign Barkley? On, he was like the, he was one of the engineering team. He was kind of useless. Mm -hmm. He was scared of the teleporter, if you remember that episode, where he thought he could see worms floating around in the teleporter and they were going to come and get him and stuff like that. He's, he's living in the future where you don't even need to do anything. Like everything is done for you. 
You can do whatever you want. There's no money. You don't need to worry about money anymore. Everything's taken care of. You want you want a cup of Earl Grey tea? Hop. You get it. You just push a button. Bingo. There it is. And yeah. you, you can travel the universe. And he's still kind of like, oh, oh, I'm still kind of kind of unhappy. People are never <laughs> going to be happy. Ever the, I mean, I no, wonder if they've always been impossible. as happy as they are now throughout history. Is it, you know, this is just what life it's is. All like, it's all relative to the period that you live in but yeah. i think i think you're right i think people are just destined to always be unhappy like i feel like that's what makes nothing us is though. ever enough yeah, yeah but yeah. think about it. if we were happy with stone age tools we would never have moved out of the stone age it's our misery that drives us forward i don't know though there's always like a part of the population that's that's content with things right and then and then there's people that who think that we can always do better but uh, like the motivations behind that are varied as well too, right? Like yeah. some people, some people will will push the envelope because they think that it'll make them rich, or some people do it for other reasons, I guess. But mainly just because they think it's going to make them rich, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a weird one. It it, but I think it's I think it's, it's just a weird one. human nature. I think that's I think that's just a part of us that will never will never kick. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's just so- how we are. I just noticed that today is um, Hitler's birthday. Is it Hitler's birthday? Yeah, yeah. So 420 is Hitler's birthday. Is it really? I always really? think of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always I think, think of that? Of, um, Someone says, hey, 420 before... tomorrow, and you go, oh, yeah, Hitler's birthday. See, you are a closet <laughs> fascist. I knew it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, big fan of old uh, old AH. Uh, I read that he wrote a second book <laughs> right. after Mein Kampf. You've read Mein Kampf? No, no, he, he, I've never read it, but he, he wrote, wrote a second he wrote book. A book. He did yeah. write a sequel it's, to Mein Kampf. He did. It's called Hitler's Secret Book. But it was, <laughs> it's not. It, it was originally called that, but now it's called Hitler's Second Book. It's <laughs> no, true. it's not. It's true. It's a fact, true fact. <laughs> it's talking, it talks a lot about Lebensraum. Um, I don't it. believe it's true. it. He didn't write Genuinely, it. Genuinely. Well, he wrote a sequel, this is Mein the Kampf, the sequel. What was it called? Mein even Kampfier. Let's go camping. <laughs> Carry on up the camp. It's no, <laughs> no it, was, it was genuine. Because back when my camp was originally published, it didn't sell very well. So his publisher was like, nah, you, it's probably not going to. Don't, don't you bother. need to make one with more of an erotic angle to it, my Fuhrer. <laughs> yeah, with sexy boobies and Lebensraum. That's Fucking true. Hitler. Why do we always talk about Hitler? <laughs> I don't know, dude. He's such a titan of uh, the 20th century. It's hard to get away from that shadow, you know? It's just, it's always there. Somebody the yesterday my commented mind. on my, on my uh, grotesque facial hair. Because every once in a while, I just, I don't shave. And I go for weeks without doing it. And I develop a huge neck beard. It looks gross. It's like all patchy and shit. But one thing about my mustache is that it doesn't connect in the middle. You know, the bit underneath like your your nose, like the nostril separator part of your nose, that thing. Right. Whatever that is. Um, so no hair ha- grows ca- on that. You, you cannot do a toothbrush. Yeah, it's like saying. Moses it's is like parting my mustache at all times. He's just in there right. just holding it down. So I have this like like a no man's land in between my my mustaches. I have like two separate mustaches. And somebody yesterday said it's like a jigsaw piece puzzle where Hitler's mustache fits in where I don't have mustache. <laughs> so it's like like me and Hitler could form like Voltron to form like one full mustache because he's got like the little mustache and then I've got like the two side mustaches. Right, I see. I thought it was interesting and then it the made me think Fascist Maybe I would form like Voltron with Hitler, but at the same time, 
I don't really like Hitler that much, so I don't really want to form with him. No, I, I, I've, I, I hadn't noticed that, but now whenever I see you, I will think that you are the opposite of Hitler. Uh, so PUBG had an update today. Mm. Um, yes, I've been playing it a bit more. They, I've just, I've just looked at the. Um, they've added a vector, which is like a little sort of it's, it's a weird futuristic gun. I don't, I recognize it. Is it a real thing? The vector. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a motorbike with a sidecar. Is that a real thing? A motorcar with a, a motorcycle with a sidecar? I think it was back in like the 1930s. Yeah. <laughs> what, didn't we joke about that being added? <laughs> what, a I'm motorcycle sure with sidecar? Yeah, I'm Maybe. pretty sure we made a joke about that being added and then it actually has been. I don't know whether they listened to us or watched no, us. I, I, like I doubt that, it. I doubt it. I'd like it, to think we influenced the community though. Yeah, and, I think, you know. I, I so, don't think I, that's I mean, the I, case I, at all. Given that pretty much everything that they've added looks to me to be stuff that everybody was saying they should really add so-and-so. And I mean, yeah. I'm sure they look at the subreddit, but I'm sure that they watch streams and videos of it to see how people are playing their game and what they're struggling with and what they're complaining about, because that's the best feedback you can get. I mean, all right, people mm. are going to go and complain on, on Reddit or, or praise some aspect of the game, but I think if you actually watch people play it, like really playing your game, that's the kind of feedback you can only get, like more often than not, you, you know, you just have to wait for people to complain. But if it's like a minor gripe, like, for instance, you couldn't, I believe in the new patch you can, I haven't played it yet, but um, you couldn't mark on the map for other people to see, which is kind of fundamental. You, you know, you could say, let's go here and click on a map. You could mark, you you could you could do mark that things now. on the map yourself, yeah. but your teammates exactly. wouldn't see them. That's they all. have added that. And when you were spectating, you couldn't see the other player's map when they called it up and stuff like that. So you couldn't keep track of the circle. That's the kind of stuff that I feel like they've watched people play and, and complain about on a minor level and have thought, actually, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, because a lot of this stuff yeah. that... The base game was so good, and we've played it. I mean, we've played it so much since it came out. Yeah, I, I find that game just excellent. It's, it's super addictive. I, I really, really enjoy it, yeah. I like everything mm. about it. It's great. It's good. Do you guys remember, yeah. this is a complete change of topic. Do you remember a company called Steorn? Do you remember uh, no. Steorn? S-T-E-O-R-N. They were an Irish company. They've, sub they've gone into liquidation who claimed that they had cracked perpetual motion. Did you, do you remember this? Right. This is quite a big story about 10 years ago. And I, I've been keeping an eye on them forever because I love the idea of this this Irish company cracking perpetual motion. Um, but they haven't, and they oh, didn't. Okay? Shit, I remember this. So yeah, they, it was, they, it's they, coming back to me now. Right, they had this demonstration that they did at like some science museum and everything that didn't work, and they said it was because of all the lighting and all this stuff. Right. Uh, so I'm just reading about this other demonstration that they did. This is, I mean, so this is the downhill slide of Steorn from people saying they can't be serious to them saying no, we are serious. We're going to do a demonstration. We'll have all the scientific trials and everything. In May of 2015, they, they developed this thing called the Ordo Power Cube, or the Orbo Power Cube, which was a way of, you could charge a phone with it, just, just set it going and it charges your phone. It generates more power than, than, it, than you put in and all the rest of it. They put it on display behind the bar of a pub in Dublin. I just think them, them walking in and slapping down a perpetual motion machine on a bar and saying like, <laughs> watch this lads, this is, this is it. And, and the, that same year, they went into liquidation. You just think, the downhill slide there of a company from... <laughs> everybody's saying, oh, really? Oh, yeah. 400 scientists said, yeah, we'll help out with your... You know, we'll do an independent peer review and everything. To them just walking into a bar and slapping it down. There's a perpetual motion machine right there behind the bar. I, I think it's just a desperately sad story. And it's a shame it didn't work out. Obviously, it would have been great. But <laughs> just, just such an incredible <laughs> ending. <laughs> Where can we yeah. see this technology? Oh, it's in the dog and duck. It's just on the uh, behind the bar. 
Yeah. Just just next oh, to the Guinness, fuck. go and ask, and you can have a look at it. Does it work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it works. Yeah. We've also got a portal gun uh, around, the, uh, <laughs> around the back of the... Uh, the, uh, the the queen's legs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Portal gun. gun, yeah, it works. Portal gun, don't touch over it. There. Just trust me. Uh, we've also got a uh, a time machine uh, around the back of the bogs yeah. <laughs> uh, in the other uh, pub down the down the roads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just check it out. If you go to the ladies and uh, you just you know put your hand down the cistern, uh, the switch is right down there. Just reach around <laughs> and you'll feel it, and then just grab hold. And then put your head under the water, flush, and uh, you'll you'll go back in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And boom. I think in 2016, this is what I don't know. I don't know if this is true. I'm reading this on Rational Wiki. Uh, the CEO said, we took their money, we raised their expectations, and it fell flat on its fucking face. Yeah. They are right to be angry about that. And then he took up a career as a professional online poker player, apparently. Excellent. Yeah. How many businesses out there on a daily basis fail? It's, it's probably a staggering amount, right? Like there's like a lot of people that start up businesses, they get loans from banks and stuff, start up businesses. Mm. They think they have a good idea or they think they have a good market or whatever. And things just don't work out for whatever reason. And they close. It's weird though, right? Because you think like, you think of... Well, I mean, if you're at work, if you're at like a nine to five job and you're thinking, fuck, I would love to just work for myself. I just want to go work for myself, do something like for myself, start a business or whatever. And you think that like when you do that, once you've done that, because it's like you, you, you don't know where to start sometimes and then you finally do it. OK, and you start up a startup, a business and you, you, you think that you've made it. But right. man, you're like it's nothing is nothing is guaranteed. Right. Like you, you might be in business for like a month and then fucking it just doesn't work out and then you just have to fucking fold and you've lost a lot of money and you have to go back to work or, or, or whatever. Like it, it's crazy to think that so many businesses start up and, and, and fail. And then the ones that like the ones that are super, super big and super like profitable and, and are, are just are, are businesses that have been around for so fucking long, you know, like a lot of like the big corporations and stuff have just been around since like the great depression and stuff like that. And like year after year, they just continually make more money and stuff. But like, I don't know, like if you were to start a business right now, yeah, doing something, yeah, right. I'd be really fucking scared to do it. Like I, I wouldn't, I would never like take the plunge. It would have to be like an almost sure thing. Like, well, here's the thing about half of all businesses, like small businesses, half of them will fail within five years. Okay. So even you, five years, I know though, five like, years is, it's it, a it feels like a long time. time. It was like, I thought it was more like 90%. No, I mean, it, it, it's hard to find the, the statistics, I think, for sure, because they tend to track like the number but of new businesses registered. If you're going to be a fucking business, right? And you say, here's my, here's my business, right? We're going to be ghost hunters. What we're going to do is we're going <laughs> to suck the energy off of ghosts. We're going to capture right. a lot of ghosts and we're yeah. going to capture them. We're going to suck their energy off. Right. And uh -huh. that's going to go into power grid. It's going to be an infinite source of energy because there's loads of ghosts, right? right? People will say, you're insane. That's shit. If I give money to you, then I'm a fucking idiot. You know, you can't be like, but they said it was going to work because it was, they said the ghosts were going to power it. Shut the fuck up. You're a dumbass. I, I don't have any. <laughs> I mean, it's inevitable. <laughs> no, but that's, that, that's what like Steorn was like, right? If you're going to come along and say something that's just completely impossible, like perpetual motion. But or, that's not most you know, businesses, you... Lewis. Most businesses are not about ghosts and perpetual motion. I don't think that's the opening gambit 
that most small right. businesses have in this, most in this real world. <laughs> because most they... perpetual motion businesses fail within five years. Staggering statistic. The other five, they're still going. Nothing's going to stop them. Perpetual <laughs> motion businesses, obviously. But, in like, but years even five time. years, five years is a long time to run something for it to, to fail then, right? Like yeah. you, you're doing something for five years and you think, Am I going to be doing this for the rest of my life? Am I not? Like, it's a little bit touch and go sometimes. I don't know, sort of thing. And then after five years, like, oh, shit, I've got to fold. Like, well, you've got to understand that it might still be a profitable thing. It just might not be profitable enough. You know, it, yeah. it might be like it's just too much time commitment. You know, a lot of people who make small businesses, they run their own shops or they run their own things. And sometimes they don't really... Sometimes they're they're ticking over. Sometimes they're okay. I mean, it's it's they're not they don't. I think a lot of small businesses don't start off as huge ventures. They don't yeah. start off as this this plan to you know the, take a million pounds of debt on and build get get. You know, they're not that optimistic. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of like there's um, a, there's a shop like, near me and they sell like nice little bits of furniture and things you'd put in your house and go, oh, that's that's nice, like little pretty things, right? And they'll, yeah, dis yeah. they'll distress furniture for you and they'll, you know, undistress furniture for you if you want it done up nice. You know, that, that kind of shop, they'll probably be around for about five or six years before they finally call it quits. And they might be breaking even and, I mean, you know, they might have had all these plans to... to to retire on this kind of thing. It's sadly inevitable that you see a shop like that and you're like, well, you know, that shop's going to be around for a couple of years. And probably, then it'll go, and yeah. I mean, I'm sure that yeah, it, like, it won't cause them to come financially crashing down, but it'll be like, it wasn't what we thought it would be. It was fun, no, but then it became really hard We're not really going to see them work. on yeah, every exactly. high street corner. You know, they're not going to turn into like some sort of massive chain. You know, it's just going to be a thing which was some guy or girl or mum or dad just wanted to do. They, they had a bit of passion for it. They put it together. They enjoyed it. They found it was too much work. And after five years, they were bored of it and they wanted to try something new like custard flavor or whatever. Exactly. And so yeah. they moved on. Yeah. But here's, and that's fine. The, that's just The, the fine. weird thing is like um, when you think about uh, starting a business, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've worked, I'm sure I've spoken about it before actually on this very podcast, the, the company that I worked for where the company lasted six weeks. And I, I was wow. there at the start and I was there at the end. That was the extent of my employment. Did I tell you guys about this? Yeah, I did. Um, I the, think the so. Programming it rings company. a bell. So it, it, uh, yeah. just, just as, a, as a brief recap, because we're on the topic, the guy hired me. They were writing some programs so that people who had a big site, like if you were a business across multiple buildings, it was just a very simple database program that would generate jobs for your maintenance crew. Um, it was way too expensive. He, he advertised it the previous year in, in this industry uh, sort of magazine he got lots of attention, but he said, it's not ready yet. Call me in a year. And of course, nobody's going to wait that long. He then starts the company when he finally gets around to it, hires me as like his underling apprentice, if you like. And then immediately after we started the company, I'm there two weeks. He says, it'll be ready in like a couple of months. No problem. Goes on holiday for three weeks, comes back, having placed the advert now for real and finds that we had one phone call and immediately says to me, go home, I'll, I'll call you tomorrow. And he called me and said, we're, we're bust, we're done, right? Wow. So his company lasted okay. literally six weeks. So he'd had this idea. It was a good idea, apparently, a lot of interest. Nobody's going to wait a year for him to make this program because if they need it, they, they're going to need it now. And it's not exactly yeah. that difficult 
for someone else to go and do. You could just go call any old company up and say, we need this program. And they could say, oh, you can get one off the shelf, no problem. So he kind of fucked it up, but at least he, I mean, I guess he did have a go at it, but he, he was a contractor, guess, yeah. so he could have gone back to contracting and everything like that. But obviously he had to pay for the hire of the office. He had to pay me, which wasn't a huge amount of money because I was fresh out of university, but it was still money sort of down the drain, if you like. Yeah. And I guess maybe, maybe he learned something from it and he could then do it properly next time. But I, there must be a lot of businesses like that where they literally do something and they just have no fucking idea what they're doing. They work in the industry. Like he was a good programmer, but he had no idea how to run a business or advertising or, or anything like that. So I think a lot of these smaller companies, they start off with a good idea and then they hit a problem or they hit a, a problem that they, they don't have any experience handling. They have no idea what to do. And they either hire someone to handle it and cover that cost and then it works or it's too late. And they miss their shot. Someone else gets the business and they just can't get any more. And they gradually trickle out, of, run out of money and, and die. Mm. That must be yeah. what happens. Also, a lot of the, I, I saw an interesting statistic about the number of companies that fail, small businesses that fail after having a fire. If you have a fire at, at <laughs> well, work, wow. you don't even need to have lost everything. Any kind of fire. Statistically, those businesses are likely to fail within two years, like 40%. something stupid <laughs> like that. Because it's such a huge disruption to business and you I lose guess, stuff yeah. and everything. And it's like, that's it. You've just, it just knocks you off, off course. You can't recover from that yeah, fire. Even like a small kitchen fire? Like any kind of fire in the workplace causes a, a lot of problems. And you've got to then insurance and you've got to have all these inspections and you've got to then get it up to code and then all the rest Fuck. of it. And you probably lost some stuff because if it's like smoke damaged, they have to replace a bunch of stuff and everything. And it's all like a big expense. And yeah, yeah for whatever yeah, yeah. reason, I think, I think mainly the disruption. Like if you think about a small business, it's pretty much living week to week. You know, they're not, they don't have a huge amount in the bank. They don't have a huge number of customers who are super loyal to them. There are lots of other businesses yeah. that do what they do. So if you lose a big contract, it's like, we had a fire. That looks terrible. People are going to go, fuck, we're not going to go with the business that's literally on fire. We'll go with the the not on fire business. And then you've lost that custom and that's that. It's tough. I was, I was talking to the guy, at, <laughs> they've got like ice cream trucks over here, right? Like right. So you can buy a whip you can buy a whippy it's like just like a you know like an like an ice cream cone sort of thing all whipped up comes out of like a like a machine i think and, we're familiar um, with them and so i'm talking to this guy and i said like you know like what do you do like in the winter when nobody wants to buy ice cream and stuff and he's like oh we just like get the time off like the um the bank just gives us a loan to cover us over the winter wow. and then we pay it back in the summer because we're so fucking busy so basically they work for like three months a year like during like the really busy summer season and then the rest of the time they're just like i don't know what they're doing because like their vans never look freshly painted or anything like you well, think no, like I in all that downtime you only have to run them for three months a year right and then you just lock them know, up but, in storage safe i know covered. but they always look so weathered and like beaten up and something you think like all that fucking downtime you think you just go to like b&q <laughs> buy a bit of paint and fucking do up the van a bit or yeah. like you know have fucking organize yourself change a bit the or whatever, friggin music no. how about that it's the same friggin tune this guy i've been living around here for like 13 years same ice cream truck every summer is coming around he does all the roads it's the same damn tune same ice cream same <laughs> tune change the uh, fucking music son you've got nine months of the year off according to my sources change yeah. the tune get on it like make your own tunes in that time you know get fucking use some of your profits from the summer to open up a studio and, and get some fucking dj equipment or whatever and make your own ice cream truck tunes <laughs> the there must of the be a market. business there must be a Think business of people the supplying them supplying them with tunes <laughs> so you want to be an ice cream man what tune are you gonna go for this is one of the ice biggest decisions you'll ever make direct.com <laughs> step one pick your music Welcome 
welcome <laughs> to the world of ice cream man <laughs> there's got to be shit like that there's got to be resources out there for ice cream men yeah like how do you do it like where do you even fucking start like who even has that fucking idea like the, that's the kind of thing though that's passed down from like other generations that's, somebody it's, had it's the bright Italians. idea of doing it's that Italians. like in, in Italy, the, the, the guys would go around with the gelato trucks, like the little carts, and they'd sell yeah. ice creams to the kids. And when they, a lot of Italians went to the UK and Scotland and America and stuff, they took that with them. And obviously, if you're wheeling around a gelato cart, that's all right in rural Italy in the sort of, you know, early 20th century. But all of a sudden, you're like, you know what? We could do this a lot more efficiently if we've had a little truck. And then they just went for a little truck. And that was that. Man. It must be. We used to have these things when I was growing up. It was called, the company was called Dickie D. Okay. And it was like, okay, it was a, an ice box that was mounted like onto, it was a big ice box. It was like, you know, like one of those like chest freezers that right. you like put in your basement in, in like North America or right, whatever. Right. You don't get them so much over here. We got no room. It, it, it was like one of those painted yellow, okay, with a sign mounted on top of it that showed you all the ice cream that you could get, okay? And it was mounted onto like a, like a push bike. And it was one of those jobs that you could get when you were like 11 or 12 or whatever, you know, when you, you just needed like some, some pocket money or whatever, right, sort right. of like delivering the papers or something like that. But so you could get a job with Dickie D and you could bike around and they had bells. And so like, we'd be sitting down to like eat our dinner or whatever. I was like fucking seven years old at the time. And you just hear outside like, ding, 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 like this, and there's this fucking like, like acne covered teenagers just fucking peddling this, <laughs> this fucking freezer chest all over your neighborhood and everybody would run outside and you'd go and you'd pick up and it wasn't like it wasn't like fresh ice cream that like was dispensed or whatever right it was just like like a little package just a bunch of yeah 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 just like like walls cornettos and stuff like that you know all the package shit so you'd like pick what you want and like there used to be all these like novelty ones like i remember like there was this big fluffy baseball glove with with a baseball like gumdrop on it, like <laughs> wow. attached to it and, and shit like that. Like it, like some of them were really fucking good. It was really cool. But like who fucking started that company? Who came up with that fucking stupid idea? Like it was effective. Like we fucking bought the shit out of those Dickie D's. But I mean, at the same time, you got to be crazy to come up with that idea, I think. And, uh, and to actually, you got to be pretty ballsy to like pour money into that and make it work as well i think and, and call I would your never company do dickie d's and just dickie go with d. that <laughs> what do you want to call it dickie d's eh, no yeah, yeah. no that's what we're going with dickie d's and you've got to oh ring a fucking bell everywhere you go like a bell yeah end. yeah and they had that like they had like this you know those bum bags just full of like quarters and like uh, like chain loose change and stuff because it was all kids like emptying their pet piggy banks to like buy these fucking ice creams and I stuff. I bet they were selling drugs as well those kids. That would be the, they the might ideal have been, actually, the ideal. Thinking back, yeah. You have some other ice creams not on the menu the guy comes up and he says I'll have one of the Walter Whites please and he reaches in and pulls out a special ice cream you give him 20 bucks bingo. Yeah. Perfect it's system. Like co cocaine on ice. But yeah I, I like hats off to people who start businesses because yeah. sometimes I think about it and I think like I come up with ideas every once in a while and think can maybe work like i i thought when i moved into the area i'm in i thought it would be i thought i could like 
open up a pet store, okay? Because right. there's no pet stores around here, but there's like lots of dogs and cats and shit, and they always need stuff, right? Like fucking, you can give like sell beds and like dog food and shit like that. But then I thought, like, do I do I want to fucking do that? Do I want to order in a bunch of fucking dog food and shit and stock it up on a shelf and stand in a store all fucking day waiting for people <laughs> to come in and buy this shit? Hell no, I don't actually. I really don't want to yeah. do that. So and, you saw a gap in the market and you were like... And I did not explode. <laughs> I, went, I went the total opposite way. I, I ran home crying and played PUBG instead. Nice. It was like it was like a 15 seconds worth of thought that went into that, wasn't it? That business idea. It was like, do you know what would be a really successful business? If I did a... Oh, I can't be asked. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck like, that. Yeah. I, I, I guess the difference is the, 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 business, no. the small business guy who does it thinks this is it. Like they, they, the idea of doing anything else, or maybe they don't know what they want to do and they know that if I can just come up with some kind of business, maybe I can make a living and actually be my own boss. That's very attractive to people. If you can be well, your own boss and not have to, you know. Yeah. I mean, look at us fucking talking about it. We are literally people who've done that. You know, we all run our own businesses. He's serious? Right? Yeah, We're but all I independent. Mean, like, I, I don't, I don't it was a more business. of a sure thing. Like, I got to a point where I was earning enough to comfortably do it and not be too stressed out about it. You know what I mean? Like, and... It was, there wasn't any investment. Like there wasn't any initial, <laughs> yeah, like, that was the main uh, there thing. wasn't a capital injection <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. Like I needed work, a headset. Yeah, it's like a hundred bucks, yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Exactly. It's, it's not like I, I suppose, had to rent yeah. out fucking a, a shop and like order in a bunch of stock that I had no idea whether it would sell or not and worry about margins and shit like that. Like, and just, I mean, like if you think about this, like I, I live, obviously I live in Twickenham, we've got a high street. But it's the weirdest high street because it has some big name sort of shops on there. But then it also has a lot of smaller shops that someone will take on and they'll have a go for a few years. And some of them stick, but most of them don't. And I, I kind of feel like there must be a sense of embarrassment about opening up a shop and thinking, if this doesn't work out, it's not. I mean, if, if a YouTube channel doesn't work out. Nobody notices it by dint of, you know, it obviously doesn't work out because nobody's fucking watching it. So that's it. Yeah. Whereas if you have a shop on a high street, people are going, oh, there's a new uh, shoe shop in town. And they're walking past and they're judging it. And they go in and they're looking around and they're judging your little merchandise you've laid out, hopefully. Oh, maybe they'll like yeah. these. You know, and they're just going, no thanks. They walk out. It must make you feel terrible. Terrible. Yeah. And the worst yeah. one of all must be a restaurant. I think people that open a restaurant must really have a passion for it because it's so much hard work and it's so unlikely to succeed that you must really have a deep determination and drive to make a restaurant work. It's such a competitive market. Most of them don't work out. It's super hard nowadays to get people to leave their fucking houses, let alone yeah, go and yeah. pay money for food, right? And yeah, anything like that, like hospitality, like you nowadays, you you you're depending on things like TripAdvisor yeah. and like um, you know, like Expedia fucking reviews and shit like that. Right. And it's like it's it it I think it's probably easier to market than it's ever been, but it's probably harder to get people to 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 come to your place like because everybody's so conscious of price now yeah. and and reviews and shit and, like but, that and also it's you've like, got fucking deliveroo and all the rest of it and now there's uber eats they'll deliver any kind of food to you so if you're actually making a takeaway you'll probably do a better than a sit-down restaurant and if you think about like a sit-down restaurant there, there's this place near me and it has been in the last like seven or eight years it's right on the high street it's been about eight or nine different restaurants like some of them wow. were open for like three months and then disappeared. 
and they've all Jeez. tried to be a restaurant in the same place, like on the on the grave of another restaurant, they open another restaurant. And then on the... Well, on the, that's exactly where I want to eat. It's ridiculous. Like, it's like a mass grave for restaurant hopes and dreams. And they're like, let's open another restaurant. This one's going to work. And I'm just thinking, someone's got to tell these people. I want to go there when they're moving in and say, stop, put away your crockery and all the tables and chairs and the, the, all the, all the accoutrements. This ground is cursed. It's cursed. Get run. Run. Some chef said a bad thing about food here one time and the restaurant oh, got restaurants decided. Many have died it's here. It's so, so right, desperate. Well, listen, we're talking a lot about restaurants, hotels, retail as well. One thing that Jersey does not have, this is where I live, is, are you ready? Porn. Are you sure you want to tell this secret? It's another one that I've thought of, okay? Right, okay. But I don't, wouldn't even know where to start with this one, okay? Right, so we need some help. Yeah. There does not exist anywhere public anyway, a strip club. Yeah, There's none oh, baby. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I, I, talked to, I talked to a guy I used to work with about this, and I said, how, how hard would it be to hey. rent out some, some, some kind of place? CD. Close to the airport, okay? There's no hotels right. by the airport over here either, which I find kind of weird. But the airport is kind of in the middle of nowhere out here as well. And it's not like a huge, like, it's not massively traveled. You know, it's not like Gatwick or something. Right. You know, there's not millions of people passing through it and, you know, onwards to other places and stuff. Like, this is like a, a, a final no. destination. You come here and, and then you die. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. You come here and then you leave sort of thing. You don't you don't go on <laughs> to somewhere else from here. It's not like a stopover or anything. So like, no, so it's an already I'm sort of sit thinking like, do I want to put my strip club up by the airport then? Because not many people are up there. Like the only people really going to the airport are people that are trying to get off the island. Yeah, yeah. They're not really going to stop at a strip club. And then the people that are coming into the island likely are here because they're old and they want to see some World War II stuff or like, you know, they're old and they want to visit a sleepy island or they're old and they want <laughs> they want to visit like <laughs> some family or something. So they're or not going to be going. a friend who's got some, some kids and a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, you might. You're not be selling the location well. to me so far. No, I know, and that's the thing. I'm talking myself out of it already. I'm thinking like here is a gap in the market that has not been even thought about, as far as I know, over here. But already, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like maybe there isn't one for a lot of good reasons. Yeah, and like as I'm slowly talking myself out of it, I'm thinking other people have thought about this and have talked themselves out of it as yeah, well. Yeah. Because actually, right. up by the Jersey airport is not a good site for a strip club. And right. I don't think I could in a million years make it work. But mm. for argument's sake, let's say I did make it work and I opened up a strip club and I called it like, I don't know, fucking strips. Pervy Larry's, you know, titty den or something. I don't know. Get your, um, si get your sips out. Who, how would I hire strippers? Like, what do you have to audition or something? Where do yeah. I find these people that are willing to do this? How do I control like drunken, pervy, randy men from like touching the women and stuff? I, I like, don't think I don't think uh, you would be responsible things. for all of those things, right? Like, I I know for a fact that opening a strip club is one of the most challenging sort of 
things you can do because of the local council and all the local people will be dead set against it, even the ones who secretly want it. Didn't you see the episode of The Simpsons with the burlesque house where the moment it oh, became yeah, public knowledge, did, they yeah. were like, yeah, we're going to shut this down because nobody wants to admit that they want to go look at some titties. No one wants to, and no one wants to live next to a place where people are looking at titties. They don't want to do that. No. So it's like, yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you, I mean, there used to be one in Twickenham, the Piano Bar, which is a classy name for a really seedy dive that I went to on a very, very few occasions uh, <laughs> right. on a, per week. And it was... Was that the one with the pint glass with the pound coins? No, that was, that is now a really, someone sent me um, uh, on Twitter, they sent me a link to an article about how the Flying Scotsman has now been reinvented. That was the name of the pub. It's now being reinvented as like this microbrewery sort of fancy schmancy uh, place. It always is, yeah. yeah. Ge it's gentrification, man. It's like, been gentrified. Like, yeah. Yeah. But but if, if you tried to open a strip club in Twickenham now, even though there was one, you wouldn't be able to. The council would say no fucking way. Even though it was a big yeah. hit on rugby days. Like we've got this massive surge of thousands of mostly men, mostly drunk, coming to Twickenham. They want to see some titties. It would be a yeah, big hit. But I'm not even drunk and I don't even, like, I'm not even really a manly man. Right. I want to see titties. And you'd want to see some titties. I'm thinking about titties right now. Right. Well, listen, that's the thing, right? If you work in the games industry, you get free games. If you work in, you know, if you work in a butcher shop, you're going to end up with free sausages, right? If you, if you start a strip club, you're going to have a lot of titties. Oh my free God. titties. He's right. <laughs> free. Let me Google free well, titties. What do you though? Because like, it's not the same thing, you know? It's, I think it is, right? It's you go, not. Oh, to, we go to Vancouver and there's people opening artisan coffee shops and they open their fancy schmancy artisan coffee shop because they want to they wanna be surrounded by fancy schmancy artisan coffee all the time. You know, they open some sort of green right. smoothie or health shop. They want to use that. They want to be but healthy. I don't, think, like, I don't think you hire on a stripper and then and then have sex with you, them. What, what, you, what are you... Are you kidding me? <laughs> what, what, what are you like? What what kind of what kind of business minded individual are you, Sips? Well, yes. I, I, I'm a straight shooter. I want to run. I you know I want to separate business from <laughs> what pleasure. What kind of shitty do you think this is? How dare you, you madam? You've got You're a fired. good taste in titties. <laughs> you can't be having no no broke ass titties in your titty bar. I know, right? I'm not <laughs> saying I'm hiring broke ass titties. I'm just saying I'm not hitting them titties. You've got to tell those titties out. people on. You've got to know Jeez. that they're the highest caliber of titties if they're going to set foot in sip strips. You need to be a real titty taster. You've got to have a connoisseur. You've got to be a connoisseur Honestly, of titties. Honestly, that would raise alarm bells with me. Master. If somebody was super willing to have sex with me after I hired them to work at my strip club, I'd be like... Well, they can have sex with the Johns, like, and if she's, like, up for it with me straight away, she's going to be having sex with the Johns on the side for money, well, and then well, I'm going to well, get I shut think, down. I think, I think a lot of strippers at titty bars are having sex with the Johns. Yeah. Just, it's part of the, part of the that's, whole, that's a big part of yeah, it. But it's illegal, It's an illegal of the, element of it. You can't, right. you can't do it. It's gotta, Illegality at a seedy strip club? Hmm. There might be something to it. We'll put our <laughs> best detectives on the case. So, of course they're but, having sex in the strip club. I, I, of course, I know. But the thing is, the people that are going into business, into like into the stripping business, <laughs> the stripping already bitch. know that they're going to be doing illegal shit. So like, I think that the people that, that create these, <laughs> these, these businesses and stuff are, it, it, it's, all, it's all steeped in like some sort of crime, right? It has yeah. to be. Like, it, it's not just like some dude... Like with a bit of money, saying like, "Yeah, I'm gonna open up a titty bar." And then we're you gonna mean, just have like a, he's like the a, one. We're on gonna a strip have a buffet, owner. a lunch buffet, and uh, 
we'll have a we'll have a day where the families can come in. The girls won't be completely nude and stuff. Uh, we'll do something for yeah. the kids and. We'll yeah. have a day where the grannies can come by and do the jigsaw puzzles. Um, we'll do a knitting workshop one morning. We'll oh, have a man. church meeting the next day. Man, yeah, this completely awesome. fucking businesses are hard, man. Gather around, like, ladies. I'd like to have a little team meeting ahead of our opening night here at uh, this new strip club. Now, I don't want any of you to do anything you don't want to do. Larry's don't take titty your, Don't shake your titties in someone's face if you don't like their face. Okay, you don't have to do that. You just come and see me, and we'll have them removed. Uh, there's obviously refreshments for you in the back. Like they'd be like, "What the fuck kind of strip club am I working in here? Where's the cocaine? Where's the where's the drug dealers? Where's the lunatic?" It's like, it's like Where's Arby's the creepy guy pushing me to have club. sex with the jobs. Yeah, like we oh, didn't get fuck. into the stripping business for an honest dollar. We want to. All right, team. Great shit. pep talk. Okay, everybody, Back all in. One, two, Back three. Titties. Titties. They have to put their titties in the middle, like when you put your hands in the middle. Yeah, they just put one. They put a titty. They just put one titty each. One titty each. Titty break. Good job, team. Oh, oh man! Oh, for fuck's sake! All right, let's 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 get on with uh, let's do bodega and let's get out of here. Jeez, you're hung, hungry, out, huh? Twelve oh five. He's getting that grumpy. Was, that was some. That was some. That was some spectacular podcasting, boys. I need my lunch. I get right, grumpy okay. if I don't have my lunch. I need to try the new Pubga patch. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, we got like, really fucking. Are you guys excited. ready for bodega part twenty two? Inyo. Hell yeah! Of course. Okay. Bodega part twenty two. Inyo. ETA three minutes. The hollered words of Sergeant Hoffel made Ensign Crunkett wince. Their dropship was screaming towards the surface of Babouche 3, packed with soldiers, guns, ammo, missiles, AFVs, and fear. If the Federal Assault Team's special order had been deployed, the target was going to be a total flaving nightmare. Crunkett's chance of death on this job alone was probably around 25%, but that was their job, to be the people willing to risk their lives to protect the innocent. That's what they'd signed up for. That's why they had the health plan and the funeral coverage and the bonuses. That's why the welcome pack for new recruits to the division included a last will and testament starter kit and a brochure to give to your kids titled, Why is Daddy in so many pieces? It was the fatso life. Danger, money, glory. That was their motto. And it had been convincing enough for Crunkett and the other poor slobs he'd signed up with. He'd grown sick and tired of serving under Tortola and manning that boring old comms console, so he'd filed the transfer forms, and here he was, still an ensign, still getting shouted at, but now for marginally more money and vastly more chance of death or injury. Now, quick note here, this is Ensign Crunkett, who was the guy on board that ship that caught Bodega the first time around back in episode five. So this is a callback to a long time back in the story, right. just in case. Why am I so stupid, he thought. Why are other people much smarter than me? Why do I make a decision and then realize afterwards that it wasn't just the wrong one, it was the wrongest one? Consistently the worstest, wrongest, dumbest, most objectively idiotic decision is the one I arrive at. How could I do this to my daughter just because I got bored? Hoffel was checking the men, adjusting straps on their equipment, repositioning their rifles so they weren't pointed at other men, straightening out helmets, and occasionally lightly pounding someone on the shoulder to give them a bit of reassurance. It wasn't working. Everybody under his command looked utterly terrified, except Crunkett. He just looked angry. That's your spirit, soldier, said Hoffel, noting Crunkett's furious expression and mistaking it for some kind of battle-ready war face. Something occurred to Crunkett. All the troops in this dropship were transfers. They'd all been through the same two-week intensive training program, and at night in their barracks they'd all lain awake talking about how they'd grown bored of their old jobs, pushing pixels around in the endless bureaucracy of the Federation. None of them were soldiers, yet here they were being flung towards a combat zone by the powers that be, 
What in the flav were they going to do if they got into a fight? Krunker had never fired a weapon in anger before, except that time he shot a Dildonian who he suspected of cheating with his wife. ETA one minute, screamed Hoffel. Everybody take your combat supplement now! All 15 men necked the large combat lozenge they'd been issued with. It was about the size of an eyeball, extremely hard to swallow, but they washed it down with water from their canteens, choking and retching all the while. Combat supplements. This wasn't in the field manual. Was it going to give them super strength? Immunity from pain? Send them into some kind of war trance? Damn feds. Always find a new ways to flab over the working man, thought Crunkett. It felt like he'd been cheated out of at least 50 seconds of that one-minute warning, because before he could gird his loins and maybe panic a bit, the ship hit the ground hard and they were piling out the back. Smoke was being pumped out of nozzles on the rear of the ship to screen their deployment, but he could hear klaxons sounding all over the small town they'd landed in, and people were scattering and slamming doors and windows as the citizens, as the citizens took cover. Crockett drove his legs as fast as possible and slammed into the wall of a convenience store. The ground beneath him was earthy, and he contemplated whipping out his entrenching tool and digging a small hole to hide in. He scanned the area. It was a small town. Dirt roads, a few stores, wide streets. The hills and forests outside town looked beautiful against the pale blue sky, streaked with pink clouds. The five moons of Babosh Three loomed overhead in tight formation, watching. The dropship powered up its engines and zoomed away, leaving the 15 members of his squad cowering on the ground behind the most pitiful cover imaginable. Three troopers squeezed in behind a single plastic water barrel, another four fighting to hide behind a dumpster. Hoffel was behind a traffic cone in the middle of town, his command pistol drawn. He turned towards Crunkett, his grizzled veteran's face sneering at the danger they were surely in. All right, you miserable bastards, let's move out! And with that proclamation, he stood up and turned face first into a las gun beam. His head popped like a water balloon and a heavy red mist quickly settled on the dirt as his body slumped over with a crunch. A voice called out from some hidden vantage point. Federal varmints, this is Bodega. If y'all got a way to call your dropship back, I recommend it. You got two minutes to get the farm out of town. After that, the only way you're leaving is when you get washed away by the next heavy rain. Four of the troopers threw their weapons aside and began undressing, right down to their birthday suits, screaming the whole time. They ran out of town in a cloud of dust. The remaining ten men spread out as best they could, uncertain of the direction any attack would come from. <laughs> one minute left, called Bodega, still hidden. This is it, squealed one of the troopers, Cadet Brunks. They sent one squad for Bodega? There were meant to be a dozen dropships, screamed Cadet Jellyface. Flav this, said Crunkett, standing. He threw down his rifle. The Federation had sent just one ship, one lousy ship of total rookies to face one of the most dangerous men in the galaxy. This wasn't a combat mission, it was a charnel house. We surrender, called Crunkett. The other troops looked at him. Their leader dead, they were ready to turn to whomever was willing to make a command decision, and right now, surrendering seemed like the most incredible command decision ever made. They were immensely proud of their new leader, Ensign Crunkett, who nobly sacrificed their dignity and honor so that they might live another day. All the men threw down their weapons and stood, heads on their hands, or sorry, hands on their heads. They moved into the center <laughs> of town, next to a small and quite attractive water feature. Bodega emerged from a nearby building, Lasgun set against his hip, confident and ready. All right, boys, sit yourselves down right there in the middle, circle style, said Bodega. Crunkett looked up at him. Bodega. The Bodega. He'd been there before, <laughs> aboard the SS Expectation, when they'd captured Bodega the first time. He never thought to actually come this close, face to face with the most wanted man in the Federation. Bodega strode towards the group, scanning them for signs of trouble, looking into their eyes for any glimmer of fight left in the shattered squad. Alrighty then, said Bodega. 
relaxing slightly before spitting on the ground. Damn feds. I'm sorry they sent you poor sons of morks to take me down. It ain't your fault you're ill-equipped, and there ain't no hard feelings. Now don't go worrying. I ain't gonna slaughter you boys, but I can't have you following me neither. Gonna have to send you off to sleepy land. Bodega reached inside the folds of his long, dusty, grey-brown coat and pulled out a small purple sphere that Crunk had recognized from the field manual as Happy Thoughts Brain Musher, TM. As Bodega was fiddling with it, one of the cadets began to shake, slightly at first, then increasingly violently. Don't freak out on me, son, said Bodega, looking mildly concerned. It was Cadet Brunks. He wasn't just shaking, he was convulsing. He collapsed to one side, foaming red at the mouth. Bodega backed away. He called out to someone Crunkett couldn't see. Crunkett turned back to look at Brunks just as the young cadet's body seemed to shear in two. The other members of the squad screamed and stood to flee. A silver-skinned animal emerged from the ruins of Brunk's body, just less than human sized It was crouched like a dog, but its face was longer like a horse's, and at the tip was a wide, nozzle-like protuberance that was oozing something viscous. It turned its head to look at Bodega and spat a stream of the ooze, striking him in the legs. Bodega went down hard, looking like his knees had been glued together. Tamira, run, shouted Bodega, as he raised his las gun and blasted the creature in the moor, felling it. Several of the other cadets fell to the dirt, vibrating and shuddering, wailing. Crunkett felt something stirring in his guts, in his limbs, in his head. He felt a terrible pushing sensation against the inside of his skull. That combat supplement, it wasn't a pill, it was some kind of damn egg, and they were the hosts. Bodega was dragging himself away from the group of writhing troopers. Crunkett saw him reach down and try to pull off the gooey substance on his legs, only to find his hand now stuck fast too. Only one hand remained, and that was firmly gripping his famous las gun. As more of the creatures emerged from his comrades, Crunkett slumped forward. He thought about his family, his desk job, he thought about his funeral coverage, and his childhood. He thought about a lot of things in a very short space of time. He looked at Bodega once more and saw the growing pack of silvery creatures descending on the cowboy, spitting on him and entangling him amidst a volley of desperate lasgun fire. Then he thought of nothing at all as his body exploded and a new life was violently created as another was snuffed out. The end. Oh. Very good, P-Flex. you legit are good at writing, man. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, the, the Bodega book it's, is... It's coming. Uh, it's coming, boys. Coming. It's coming, boys. Oh, I can't wait. All right, oh well, God. we're going to go. Thank you for listening to the Shrubs Podcast this week. Have a great weekend, always. y'all. Yeah, have a good one. Or a nice Wednesday when you listen to this. Enjoy your Wednesday evening. Yeah, have a good Wednesday evening, Thursday, hopefully Friday, and then enjoy the weekend following that. Mm. But have a shit Sunday. Yeah. Because fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>